0: Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh.
1: And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week?
0: This is David. And I'm Diana. And this week, we watched Network.
1: Yay!
0: Is that how you really feel?
1: No. Uh, not even a little bit.
0: Well, let's do the description and we'll get into it. Okay. A television network cynically exploits a deranged former anchor's ravings and revelations about the news media for its own profit. So this
1: is a recent film.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, What? Same year as Taxi Driver, believe it or not. Okay. We went straight to another movie from the same time.
1: Which, you know, we've already established. I didn't watch any movies from the 70s. Um,
0: I mean, the, the bigger question I had for you was, had you ever heard of this movie outside of me talking about it?
1: I don't think so. Okay. So I really didn't know what this was about. Okay. I, I, I... You didn't want me to look anything up, so I didn't.
0: Okay, so no no context beforehand. Would it have helped to have context?
1: Maybe. It doesn't change the fact that I don't like it.
0: Well, then I'll give the context on when I first saw this. Okay. Um, because before we saw this, I considered this one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, That's so sad for me. <laughs> um, pretty sure I watched this around high school. Okay. And... That would have pegged it probably about, I don't know, 10 to 12 years ago when I first saw this movie. It, it wasn't the movie itself mm-hmm. that I loved so much as how much I felt like it got correct. It predicted so many things and blew my mind that way.
1: That is fair. I understand why people would like this.
0: It doesn't hold up anymore, and I have some theories why.
1: Okay. I would also say that I know it won three performance Oscars. Right. I don't believe that any of those are warranted.
0: Well, we'll talk about them when we get to the cast. Okay. We're going to walk through all the Oscars it did win. Yeah. And then we can debate about whether or not they should have won or not. Okay. Without the context of knowing who else was nominated. Okay. Except maybe for lead actor, which we can talk about because we know about Taxi Driver. Yeah. Um,. Why, why don't you like it?
1: It's f- poorly placed poorly no, placed pla- paste 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 sorry, I had dental surgery earlier this week. I'm missing a front tooth and it is making talking difficult.
0: Oh, and I have you know crazy cold voice, so I'm sure I'm all over the place on the microphone. so
1: I have some weird lisping stuff
0: it's whatever it's it is what it is
1: you paste it's poorly paced. how so? Um, There's just, a, it's a, this whole movie's just a bunch of people standing around talking. Yes. Nothing's happening. Which you had told me that this was Aaron Sorkin's favorite movie.
0: It's one it, he he considers this like a pinnacle of screenwriting.
1: That makes total sense. Yes. There However, there are a lot, of, there are a lot of he is words 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 words, but one of the things that they did because of all of his words, 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 words was the walk and talk. Yeah. There's this movie had no walk. It is all talk. Yes. It's bad.
0: Well okay, but remember this is nineteen seventy six and when we talk I, I will talk about the writer and the director. Mm-hmm. It's a very different style that these two guys employ.
1: No, that's fine. Because
0: both our writer and our director, as opposed to taxi driver, these two guys are very old Hollywood. Or no. not even old Hollywood, but a generation before.
1: Okay, well this sounded like they wanted to have really important dialogue. And,
0: Absolutely.
1: That's, and that's great, that's a wonderful uh, aim. It's a great goal to have. They ruined it by no action taking place. They, they, they literally just have like, there's one scene in the beginning where it's 10 men standing in a room arguing, but nothing is happening. They, that come That is bad direction, poor blocking. That's what that is, because nothing's going on in that room.
0: So that, that leads me to one of these things. I think this should be a play, not a movie. I think this, this could, would work.
1: This could be a great play.
0: This would work amazingly well on stage because those static scenes would become drawn in for the audience. And the broad acting styles that we see from Mm -hmm. some of the lead performances would work a whole lot better. But here's the thing,
1: if you're gonna put it on stage, you have to add action.
0: Well, and there would be, but I think the thing is, when you have 10 guys in a room, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to block a scene on stage with 10 guys in a room where you're not having to worry about how a camera looks at it, you can have that action happen with ten people at a table discussing news, new stuff.
1: No, it's not, because in a movie you get to pick your camera angles. You get to shoot and reshoot. You can do one side, you can do this side, and the other side over and over again until you get the whole piece that you want. You don't get to do that in a play.
0: See, I, I don't know. I think it would. It the would direction much is
1: poor. It is bad maybe because it took the words on the page and then didn't do anything with it on the screen
0: well and i here would here would be the devil's advocate argument i'm not disagreeing with you mm-hmm. but the but the 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 flip side of it might be they are doing their best to make it look like what a real newsroom would look like they're trying to be verite about it which i think if they are that still doesn't lead anything to it because We're back and forth between realistic and broad...
1: I can buy the dialogue for that goal. Yeah. The filming and the lack of action, I do not buy.
0: It's a shame, because this is one of my favorite directors. It's hard hard for me to try to admit that. That (laughs)
1: it's a turd? Okay.
0: Not that it's a turd. Okay,
1: it's not as bad as RoboCop.
0: I don't think it's a turd at all. (laughs) Um, But I don't think it holds up. Not, no. Um so one i think this works on stage i don't think it works i
1: agree that this could be great on stage i agree but again direction
0: Mm, yeah i'll 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 buy that i'll buy that more needs to be happening especially in in the interstitial scenes
1: and and it's just that more needs to be happening with the actors i don't have a problem with the words per se Some of the scenes go on a little too long. Okay. But again, if there was more action, it may not feel that way. Which I think is
0: why the Howard Beale scenes work so well, because there is action. (laughs) There's stuff going on.
1: He's doing a lot of work. Yes. And that's Peter Finch, right? Yes. Okay. He's doing a great job. Right. He reminds me a lot of Albert Finney.
0: Both British. I mean, well, and Peter Finch, I think, was Australian, but...
1: Albert Finney's not British.
0: Yes, he is. Is he? Oh, of course he is. Uh uh Oh, yeah. I, I don't His big breakout role was Tom Jones. Yeah, Albert Finney's a total British dude.
1: I don't believe you. Also,
0: the original Hercule Poirot.
1: I do know he was because I was looking up the murder on the Orient Express. Uh-huh. Hmm. Hold on, I'm looking at
0: Albert Finney came from the theater, where he was especially successful in the plays of William Shakespeare to the movies. Then he became a leader in the free cinema He was born
1: in England Of course he was English I didn't
0: know that He was in like the the English new wave kitchen sink okay, films well
1: most of the things I've seen him in He's playing an American And he does a wonderful job with that accent So I had no reason to believe that he wasn't
0: Yeah but he cut his teeth on like The, the gritty English realism films of the 60s
1: Okay well he's also 81 years old So he's been around for a while And I didn't know that I know Okay.
0: Sorry. Um, here's the other thing that I that doesn't hold up about this movie anymore for me. Okay. Its predictive power has finally expired.
1: Uh especially now. Right. Like we have seen like the culmination of all of that exploited to a degree that this film did not pr- predict.
0: Right. When when I saw this, mm-hmm. Fox News I think had just finally mm-hmm. hit it big. Granted, you know we still had the new the fourth network and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, first I'll run through what this movie got.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: predicted the fourth network. Yep. Fox. Mm-hmm. At UBS was the fourth network. It predicted the um, sensationalization sensationalized news. of the news mm-hmm. of making the news into entertainment. Yes. And the twenty-four hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. It predicted the punditry. Yep. Uh, in that class, mm-hmm. it predicts. Um, reality television mm-hmm. which this is still i think the only reality television that had, reality television that had happened was real life on hbo yes um and otherwise this was
1: just before cops started
0: oh this was 10 years before was cops it started.
1: okay yeah fox um.
0: didn't bring out cops until the late 80s Oh. Okay. but that was their big thing was they talked about cops basically does the same thing that the mouse say tongue out just flips it to the cops instead okay um it gets you, you. know, it it got all of those things right. And when I saw it, Fox News had finally reached this pinnacle to where we weren't even pretending anymore that, that the it was news, a news station. That it was news, and that the news needed to be an objective thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, to be fair, the news never really was an objective thing, but there was an there was an assumption from everybody that we were going to pretend it was.
1: Well, there was also a behavior. That the news was supposed to report mostly fact. Mostly fact. Not all fact, but mostly fact.
0: The facts, the, the editorialism came from what facts they chose to report. Correct. As opposed to how they reported it.
1: Yes. Um, I think that's all fair.
0: And this, I don't know how Patty Chayesky, the screenwriter, figured this out, mm-hmm. but he saw all of those trends coming. Yes. And threw them into this movie, or he he just took this idea and took it to a logical end, mm-hmm. as maybe some of these things got right. It also got sleazy talk shows. It got the Donahue's and the Mort Morton Downey Juniors and that type of stuff in there too.
1: Yeah, and you know I remember that show Hard Copy, and Access Hollywood, or, all of that, or, uh, Inside Edition.
0: The problem is, is that not only has that gone further now, Mm -hmm. but I think the thing is, is like Howard Beale has taken political power Mm
1: -hmm. and Howard
0: Beale didn't die out. Mm -hmm. I felt like these guys thought at the end of it, they were just going to, it was going to tank and end. It was Mm -hmm. like, no, it just kept growing yes and that's where this movie didn't predict the end yeah was that it was going to keep growing that the only way you were going to get real news anymore was for alternative sources to bring it to you
1: well and in this movie it's finished by somebody killing right him on air and we have not had that occur to that to that to the let's say the Alex Joneses of the world. Well, it, ha- it
0: hasn't happened uh, on a national level. It has happened at a local level, and that happened before this movie. Uh, Christine okay. Chubbuck committed suicide live on air.
1: Yes, well, and recently a woman was shot
0: on the news, and yes.
1: her boyfriend has now won the legislative seat in that area. Yeah. It, that just happened. Yay, go then.
0: I mean, those lots of those things did happen. I think the biggest problem with it, and, and that's that's why it's hard to get as invested in it as mm-hmm. I was at the time yes. is because I'm like, it's gone past this and they didn't get that part right. Mm-hmm. And so you've still got that that in the back of your mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The one scene that works for me and is timeless no matter what is the boardroom scene with Ned Beatty when he's in Arthur Jensen's boardroom and talks about the corporations of the world or the new nations. That scene is still... Oh,
1: that... I I do remember watching that scene and being like, "Yeah, there's just different corporations. It's Disney, AT and T, Coke, like
0: like, yeah, like the entire
1: Apple, the entire world is owned by like seven
0: companies." And that scene to me is still the best one in the movie.
1: That is accurate. When When he stares
0: down, (laughs) when he stares down Howard Beale and goes, "You have messed with the primal forces of nature, Mister Beale."
1: Yeah, that's kind of awesome.
0: It's great. Good um, okay, so those. I mean, that's that's where I, I have that tug that tug to. Yeah, this doesn't work anymore. It fell apart.
1: Well, it's aged out.
0: Yeah, it's finally so it's finally so. Lost if its I had
1: watched this it. ten years ago, I might have been more like, okay, Whoa. I might have been like, okay, I I still have the same direction problems, but right. I might have been like, this is creepily accurate. Now I'm just like this. We're living this. Like this is. Appalling. Okay, if you guys have not figured out by now, we are very liberal, <laughs> and
0: we're not going to inject the specific political leanings into it. But it, it, it's got to come up with this movie because it's important it's, to it's,
1: it. It's it's relevant to this movie. So we don't like Fox News or Alex Jones or any of that stuff, and we are not pleased with the current administration in the White House.
0: The end. But on the flip side, I think you could be a conservative and still see things the same way, thinking about the other side. Okay. Let's start with Patty Chayefsky. The writing's good. Okay. It
1: could have been a little punchier. I feel like a lot of the ramblings from Faye Dunaway's character. I'm sorry. I don't. I. I. There's a lot of boring people in this movie, so I didn't catch any of their names.
0: Really, you should because it's your name.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.
0: Diana Christensen.
1: Damn. That's my bad. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
1: I felt like a lot of her ramblings in between could have been a little punchier. Right. But that's just uh, that's just me. Writing um, was good. I really like all of William Holden's dialogue was good. He played Max.
0: Right. For me, it's very uneven. That you get all of you get these scenes like the boardroom and Howard's monologues and certain scene certain scenes Max's. The, is...
1: the conversations are good. Yeah. The monologues and the ramblings are not.
0: See, and I actually think the monologues are the best part. Hmm. I think they're fantastic, and I think the dialogue at some points is amazing. Okay, well, Howard Beals,
1: Beals monologues are good. That's Everyone I mean. else's, no,
0: no, but Howard's Howard's are
1: are good. They're not time. great. He I makes don't think them
0: they're great. He's doing them, he's doing a great job. Well, it's he makes them. Great. They're not perfect monologues, but he makes them amazing by, by how, he's, how he's putting them in on
1: screen. I, I think you're getting a little romantic
0: about mm-hmm. it. I think he's great. Um, Wrong. Okay. But I would agree, Faye's monologues aren't great. Um, all those different things. See, I w- I'm, I'm almost the opposite. I think the writing is the problem. Interesting. And so, some of this is knowing Sidney Lumet as a director. Debut feature film is 12 Angry Men. Okay. He's done Fail Safe. Dog Day Afternoon. He has a track record of really good films. He also has The Wiz, so I'll admit he's no. not a great director. He did The Wiz? Yeah.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but he's got a...
1: And here's the thing. I think 12 Angry Men is shit, too. Ooh.
0: Okay.
1: I think it's a great script, but again, you got a bunch of people sitting around doing nothing.
0: Could we have an issue of this as a stage director who Gotten behind a camera? Like, do yes. You think maybe that's the issue. Here? Yes. Or a TV guy. I think it was maybe a TV guy. Uh,
1: doesn't matter. he? He doesn't know what to do with actors on a camera. Huh?
0: You could be right there.
1: Because there, it's a different thing, and I think it's probably you when you're doing theater. You know, this is it. Yeah. This is it. So everything has to happen in everybody's sight. So, you know, if these people are over here, okay, I need these people to go be making coffee in the background. I need these right. people to be wrestling paper. This guy's going to go light a cigarette. You got to get that all in one shot. When you're doing a movie, it's different. And I I bet you the fact that, oh, well, I'll, I'll get a shot of these guys and a shot of these guys, he didn't know how to compose hmm. visually.
0: I'm starting to think back to his movies and thinking maybe that's, that is an issue. Because it's
1: just a bunch of people sitting in a room doing nothing. Yeah there's no action nothing interesting is happening to be fair though in the smaller scenes in diana's office when it's just like three or four people they felt like more was going on granted a lot of them were sitting still but those felt more dynamic from a talky action perspective well there's also
0: some poetry and oh, there's some poetry in every i'm thinking of um like the scene when oh gosh what is it after he gives the um the speech about the Saudis buying up the station mm-hmm. and you've got Robert Duvall cross talking about how he's going to go find him in Hunan. Mm-hmm. and faye and and Diana's talking behind him about mm-hmm. how they have to keep him on, and there's this interweaving of the writing. I think you're right, I think it is the directing, which is weird because all of these movies that I love of his I'm thinking about them I'm like it's in spite of him. it might be in spite of him that they're because good. the writing is good, yeah.
1: If here's the thing if the right. writing was shit was pure shit this movie would would have what is there's no amount of good direction and good writing and good acting can save bad writing wow
0: okay that's good I mean it's no. good to, to get the, the perspective on that to shift around and be like the movies that I like of his are in spite of his directing style mm-hmm. um and then you know when we have moments where we don't need a lot of movement mm-hmm. it works really well yeah um I'll also say the the things I love about William Holden are the the lines he gives when we go meta when he's talking yeah. about the about the script like with his wife when he's talking about how mm-hmm. the script's gonna end I'm gonna yeah. now comes this scene when I go to meet with the old girl yeah. he, with this new girlfriend oh those are so perfect oh. when, he, when he goes meta outside of the whole script I and like is explaining what's gonna happen William
1: Holden is great he, he's an he, amazing he's actor he's the best part of this movie
0: Interesting. Well, we'll get to the acting there. Okay, so then the I guess the only thing that we can we can jump on there is compared to Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. did this movie deserve? Did Patty Chayefsky earn his Oscar for this movie? Because he won it. <laughs>
1: he won. I do. Oh, do we know who he was up against?
0: In '77, we did have the split of original and adapted screenplays. Uh huh. Um. Honestly. The only movie of any real note it was up against was Rocky. Okay. By Stallone. Um,
1: Rocky won Best Picture. Yes. But this won Best Original Screenplay. It won
0: Best Original Screenplay. All the President's Men won Adapted Screenplay, which, of course. And we'll have to watch that movie at some point, but okay, so it's th- fantastic.
1: That sounds like the compromise that they made. Because it, cause that year, it was Rocky... What was that?
0: And Patty was livid that it didn't win Best Picture.
1: Well, I—that's a usual—that's a usual standard argument. Well, how can something that won Best Writing and Best Actors doesn't win Best Movie?
0: But here's the thing: if I'm judging between this, Taxi Driver and Rocky.
1: Taxi Driver. Uh, Taxi Driver. is Taxi Driver. Rocky.
0: The cat. Yeah, it's Taxi Driver. Rocky. This is not the best picture. it is it is
1: the best it is I I agree it's better writing and
0: putting myself in 1976 Mm -hmm. I will totally admit that now I'm not blown away in 76 Mm -hmm. your mind would have exploded Mm -hmm. with what they put in this movie nobody expected what they did because you know nobody what it, knew you what it was know what it coming feels
1: in. like what up in the air
0: you know what else this feels like mm-hmm. the social network
1: oh yeah which social network
0: and aaron sorkin oh, well, but I,
1: i'm a big aaron Sorkin. but the thing fan.
0: is is for me i i go back and forth with aaron sorkin mm-hmm. yes. but i think aaron sorkin always works best mm-hmm. when somebody's there to better execute the lines he gives. oh and he'll and agree that's and mm-hmm. that's why fincher was so perfect to... for his writing because he would be meticulous in how he was going to stage that scene mm-hmm. to make that dialogue work oh, abs- well. Oh,
1: They're a perfect pairing. And that movie, I mean, it's... In an it's... odd
0: pairing in some ways. Fincher's, Fincher's so much darker and meticulous and measured in how he makes his scenes work.
1: But I think that's why he's so perfect for Aaron Sorkin, because Aaron Sorkin's dialogue is perfect on the page. It requires no edits.
0: But it doesn't always work on screen or on stage.
1: That's why a director like Fincher is perfect. It's it's, yeah. it's it's equal. It's equal forces. Right. And Social Network, I mean, it's a perfect snapshot of life in 2004.
0: Exactly. And that's, this wasn't a perfect snapshot, but it, that was a perfect snapshot. This was a crystal ball. That stuff. And this was a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. But in many ways, it feels similar. They were movies that perfectly described this moment Mm -hmm. and this feeling of what was going to come out of this moment
1: Uh, you know and I bet you Rocky won out because at the end of the day when you finish watching Rocky you feel good
0: oh it did I mean Watergate had happened Mm -hmm. we were in the midst of an economic crisis all this news stuff they're talking about in the network was real shit that was going on Rocky was Rocky was the only movie it's
1: it's not a feel good movie but it's a personal triumph movie. No,
0: it's a feel good movie com- yeah, especially fun. compared to everything else no, that has no, come out <laughs> comparatively, in this season. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, but so that I'm that that was one of, you know, that's one that you can look at and go that was the agreement. That was their compromise.
0: Yeah, and and judging I mean And I
1: I don't think that that is entirely unfair. But I think
0: I think on the flip side, he definitely does earn it. The writing is kind of it's incredible.
1: Great. It's great. Perfect. No, but Good, great. It it he won. Wa- he deserves his Oscar.
0: All right, so we'll go to Sydney Lumet, who trash. you've already you've already made it's your trash. opinions there. <laughs> um, see, I don't want to say he's trash because the he's made some brilliant films. He's
1: made good movies, but he's not what made them good.
0: Okay, here's gonna here's my caveat then. It's just it's scary. dog Dog Day Afternoon is on our list. Okay, I want to see your opinion on that one because okay. that is an active movie. Okay. Shit, because it's. By ca- by default it has to be, <laughs> okay. it's a bank robbery. Um,
1: who else is in that?
0: It honestly, the only person of real note is Al Pacino.
1: Okay, yeah, no, no, no. And I feel you.
0: Then, um, uh, what's his face? The guy who plays Fredo's in it too. Okay, but otherwise it's kind of a just a character actor cavalcade. It's mostly mm-hmm. just Pacino. Okay. Um. So that one. That one I I, I want to see how you feel about that and and then I'm that'll cement it for me of yeah no he's he's not really a very good director okay other than what I will give him credit for is to a person everybody on this film said he's the most professional hu- and kind human being we've ever worked with
1: well I I was, Prop, props I respect to not that. being an asshole <laughs> I respect that
0: yeah he 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 got the movie done he did what he needed to do and I'm like okay I can't I can't fault you for that so
1: yeah I think uh, I did read the trivia and someone said that he came in on time and under budget that's what he does like that's what people hire you to do I
0: know
1: it's everything's always the opposite he
0: is he is part of a generation before the Spielbergs and the Scorseses of the world
1: he was not here's the thing he's not an artist
0: no he's a craftsman
1: he's a he's a worker
0: and that's fine that no that's but yeah
1: you gotta get your shit done
0: Okay. okay now we get to the acting okay so we'll go through, and I'll also talk about that one person didn't get nominated, but we mentioned that this had nominations in all five acting categories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One, three. It all also... five acting. Oh, it had <laughs> nominations in all four, I guess.
1: Four. It had five nominations in the four, because it had two supporting, right?
0: Oh, you might be right, yeah.
1: Hold
0: on. No, yeah, 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 you're right. Five nominations and... and um, in each of the four categories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So let's start with Peter Finch. Okay. The winner for Best Actor.
1: I'll allow it.
0: You'll allow it.
1: I'll allow it. Okay, who was he up against? I need to know who he was up against.
0: He was up against De Niro. No. Uh, Giancarlo Janini and Seven Beauties. Oh, William Holden was up for Best Actor. Oh. And then Sylvester Stallone and Rocky.
1: Okay, no to Stallone. So in this category, it was either William Holden. Or Peter Finch
0: or Robert De Niro for taxi driver
1: I'm thinking
0: here's the thing William Holden wasn't gonna win his his performance is great but it's vanilla it's he is just a straight See, man. he was
1: my favorite in the movie so okay. now okay so I I compared to the work that how that Howard Beale's character Peter Finch sorry had to do I, mean, I, I would pick Peter over over
0: Bill Holden. Bill Holden. Okay. okay, now. So now I have to decide. Tell do, the I two think, crazies. do I think
1: Howard over Travis Bickle?
0: <laughs> two vigilantes of their times.
1: Yes, they're both bit different vigilantes. Of course. Huh. You to know you what? What? I'm going to give it to Peter Finch. Okay. Robert De Niro's great. He is. But there is there is a different degree that how, how
0: uh, Howard yeah. Beals speaks okay. to everybody and, P- and Bickles there's,
1: there's something under the surface with him that's just a little bit more, I don't, it's not engaging and they're very different movies I think Taxi Driver is a better movie I like that better, oh I of course I don't remember how I rated that one but I, I don't know how to it's, it's I need a, to keep a better list of our ratings. Well,
0: let's let's leave it this way. It's a one A and one B, right? Like both of them gave. Yeah. Both of them gave nearly the performance of their careers. You know, but it, Peter it, Finch it, gets the slight edge.
1: So you know how we usually do our Oscars. You know, we pick who, our, our number one spot. Who do we think is going to win? And we give we award ourselves two points for that. And if we pick the number two, and they get it, we award ourselves one point. Yeah. This is how that's how it would be. Howard would be one and Travis Bickle would be two. Mm-hmm.
0: That, or flip it. Howard your your pick to win would have been Howard, Howard Beale. Beale. And, and your pick to, to wanna win, win would be Travis wanna Bickle. Wanna
1: win but probably won't is yeah.
0: That's fair. Okay. Um I think the other thing about it is Howard Beale spoke to a broader amount of people yes. than Travis Bickle did. Yes. Um I think less people probably saw tra- Taxi Driver. Less people probably felt engaged enough to look Want at that. Want
1: to see that. Whereas,
0: yeah. watching Howard Beale was a much more approachable thing for a vast of that. Well,
1: and these the actors audience. were more established.
0: True. To be fair, the language was a big deal and a big barrier for some Yeah, they said the F word a lot. William Holden almost didn't take the role over I the know. language.
1: I know. Um, I saw that.
0: So, um, the thing to note with Peter Finch as well. Not that I'm glad we had the discussion before we talked about mm-hmm. that um, he was the first person it's to be posthumously people. awarded an Oscar he died mm-hmm. three months before the Oscars and just after making the movie mm-hmm. and I remember the thing about um, the mad as hell speech it took one and a half takes yeah. because in the middle he had to he sit, he, he had to rest he, 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 was, he had heart problems mm-hmm. throughout the whole making of that movie and was a legendary boozer I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a whole lot of big credits on his mm-hmm. on his IMDb list because he was a stage, stage and, performer, a stage and then a character actor. That but shows. This his was. Performance. But on the flip side, this is. I mean, he's he's giving a performance like a man with nothing else to lose. You can tell this this is the this last is thing it. he's ever going to make, and he just goes for it.
1: And not funny, but coincidentally, the next the next posthumous Oscar. Heath Ledger. no, oh, yeah. Dark Knight. Who, that was his... Well, it wasn't yeah. technically his last film, but...
0: Um, I just... The speeches he gives... I, that the, the speech where he tells about sending the telegrams is amazing. Mm-hmm. That one... The ones on the actual show, I think, are even better than when he's on the news and the mad as hell speech and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, William Holden, who you've mentioned that you really enjoy in this movie.
1: I think he was my favorite in the movie.
0: Is it the nuance... Yes. The subtlety that he gives to yes. it. Yes.
1: When he's not talking, he's still acting, and and, he, and he's old school.
0: And, and well, and let me say that he's been that in every movie I've seen him yes. in. Yes. Every movie I see him in, he's always doing that. Um, it doesn't matter where they put him. You know, he could be in Sunset Boulevard where he's having to go opposite like a broad, broad caricature, he is, and he's still stone faced.
1: He's. But here's the thing. He's one of those actors who's still acting when he's not talking. Yeah. And that ain't always the case.
0: And those, the scene with his wife and the scene with Diana where he walks away
1: mm-hmm. are crushing. Wonderfully done.
0: You just see it all in his face.
1: Some of the best films, not best films, no, I the best mention, scenes in the movie.
0: I also didn't mention at the time, I was like, he's 56 and he looks like he's 75. Well
1: He died when he was
0: 63. He lived a life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I
1: remember first hearing about him on the I Love Lucy show.
0: <laughs> um, and he'd been around well before that. Yeah. All right. The next Oscar winner mm-hmm. is Faye Dunaway as Diana Christensen. I hate her. I do too.
1: Now, I, I'm going to do that. You're not supposed to like Diana Christensen. No.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Um. So i'm gonna say it's a credit to faye dunaway that she won an oscar for a character that you hate because that is not typically the case for women right um i think faye dunaway cannot act
0: whoa you got other evidence to support this assertion
1: have you seen the movie mommy dearest
0: have you ever seen bonnie and clyde no okay
1: i now, maybe I just don't like Faye Dunaway, but I don't like Faye Dunaway. That's fine. And I don't like her in this. I I don't believe her.
0: I don't think it's her fault. I think if there's a glaring issue with the writing, it's her character.
1: True. Because of her ramblings. I, now, let's be clear. I love that they made a, a woman have those attributes. Especially at this time, she is career driven. She talks about how she, you know, she just wants to have sex and get back to work. Like that's all she cares about. She doesn't want to be married. She doesn't want to have a family. She just cares about her job. But she, I is, like that. Okay,
0: except that she is to the detriment of her character. She is. And she they portray, has no redeeming quality. They portray her as being self-destructive because of that. I think ultimately. It's an incredibly sexist portrayal of that. Now, granted, it's 1976, so no. yeah, I get that it's empowering, but I feel like these these older white guys got it wrong because they didn't think about the fact that you're saying that she's going to destroy herself because of this when she could just be empowered.
1: She could be empowered. And here's the thing. There is nothing sexy about that woman. No. And that is what they missed because they should have made her... To make it that much more empowering is to make her likable in that this is the thing that men once they get in and they start being with her and they realize oh she's like this all the time she does she's talking about TV ratings while we're having sex that's funny and crazy
0: so that
1: there's there's nothing um, there's nothing attractive about her as a character I don't know. is a beautiful woman
0: I no i know but she sh- as a character she should be attractive and she should have some redeeming and, qualities
1: yes and and that um
0: and i don't think that's her fault i think that's the no, writing's fault i think
1: it's writing and i also think it's the direction
0: yeah the flip side is also that they talk about that she was incredibly uncomfortable with playing to that level mm-hmm. of coldness because see, So the... I think that may be part of it. There's this tension in her of she doesn't want to be just this pure, cold-hearted
1: mm-hmm.
0: robot. But, what but they... that's exactly how she, they said, you have to play it this way or it's not going to read.
1: They, we, we should have seen a portion of her being polite and using her femininity to get what she wants. But then, when they start treating her like a, just a little pretty girl, she snaps and turns into that, no, I am a strong, fierce woman, and you are I'm going to get what I want, whether you like it or not.
0: Well, she... You can be sociopathic and still be... Because she should be a sociopath as a character. And she...
1: And here's the thing. She's the smartest person in the room. Yeah. She's not played that way. She's just played as a cold bitch. Exactly. And that's what I don't like.
0: Yeah. It's... The problem is is that, again, it's aged poorly, but it you know, you have to mm-hmm. make her three dimensional. No, no, I, I
1: I understand that.
0: Um I'm looking who, who at, is
1: she who is she against?
0: Let me go back to it. Um the big names we have I mean Liv Ullman was up for face to face. She's a famous Swedish actress mm-hmm. who is with Bergman. Um so I don't know anything about it. But the two big names were Talia Shire mm-hmm. as Adrian from Rocky. Okay. And Sissy Spacek and Carrie. Ooh. Now, Sissy would win later. And yeah, I, think was, I think this was I think this was a father. classic case of they don't usually give it to the teenager who just broke big. Um that was more of a wow you did an amazing job, we're giving you a nomination. <laughs>
1: um, you know, it always seems like the women the women's Oscar is a makeup Oscar
0: that's a problem or, or, of or the industry
1: with the women it's we're gonna give you an award for your career not this role well like what that that's what's finally gonna happen with Amy Adams
0: I know Fate, Fate Dunaway had gotten plenty of notoriety and other yeah. other things she'd done Bonnie and Clyde Chinatown and then she was in a bunch of big things like Towering Inferno and things like that but
1: eh whatever
0: she didn't have like super strong competition <laughs>
1: That I don't disagree. I'm just like whatever. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, next one is, and maybe my favorite in the movie, Mm -hmm. Robert Duvall as Frank Hackett. Oh, he's great. Here's what I love: we don't get to see Robert Duvall be sleazy and manic in very many things. Correct. And he is. He's very, very slimy, mm-hmm. but he's also very all over the place.
1: He's, he's very engaging.
0: Yeah. And it's different. I mean, normally he's, I mean, now he's like elder statesman yeah. or, you know, he's, you know, he's sort of a Western mm-hmm. quiet type lead character. And in this, he's totally playing the opposite of what we normally see him do, mm-hmm. where he's just ranting and raving about the ratings and keeping the corporate, keep, keeping corporate happy because he's all about the business. Yeah. He's a company man
1: he makes his character makes sense he does a good job he's engaging whenever he's on screen he's one of the more interesting uh, him and William Holden are you know whenever they're in a room together um, they play off each other well too they're good
0: yeah I just I, have, I, I did he get nominated no he didn't okay um, but I had like this secret huh you might be the most interesting he may not be the best performance in this movie but he's mm-hmm. one of the most interesting performances
1: hmm. because
0: it's so different for him yeah um, let me talk about the last Oscar real quick. Mm. And that is Beatrice Strait as Louise Schumacher.
1: Her scene is amazing.
0: And yeah, she. this is one of those, she had five minutes, eight seconds of screen it time is, in the This
1: movie. is the shortest screen time Oscar ever.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Even beat Judy Dench.
1: I know, because I was about to say, I think Judy Dench is for Shakespeare in Love was eight minutes long.
0: Yeah, hers is five... She has five minutes and eight seconds of screen time. Even the scene where she's telling him Howard is gone is quite good. Yes. <laughs> but that's just the lot. That scene's
1: beautiful. <laughs> the scene where
0: there's... With, there's yeah, husband and a wife.
1: It's not vicious, but there's there's a lot of love, and there's also a lot of pain, mm-hmm. and also kind of like... There's also a lot of resolve. Like, this is, like I knew this was going to happen.
0: This is where the whole stage thing made so much yes. sense to me and yes. I was like I could watch this on a stage and I'd just be like floored I'd be I'd be bawling on, yeah. on in my seat it's, if it's I was watching beautiful. this on, live
1: and I think it was very they wrote her perfectly they did they did um, because she she knew this was coming yep um, she's she's hurt but she's not angry she's not bitter about it it's just kind of like I think you gotta move out yeah it's gonna be over okay like it's it's a it's a beautiful scene and i completely understand why she was nominated but you do not i'm sorry we need to add a caveat to screen time for winning an oscar yeah. because because other people i'm sorry like, it's no well,
0: <laughs> who else was she nominated
1: again so you have to play that game
0: there was jane alexander from all the president's men i don't remember who that is so i'd have to look it up
1: yeah i haven't seen the movie so i don't um, know
0: piper Lori from carrie as the mom
1: oh that one's crazy
0: and jodie foster taxi driver
1: jodie foster i know also short screen time but jodie foster wins She's Screw you beatrice so
0: good in that movie. Agree. that's one of those few cases where i'm like i don't care you if you're 14 yep. you deserve it
1: anna paquin deserved it her year well i i can't say she deserves that nomination
0: 1977 is a little different time with the kid stuff so who knows
1: Channing, not Channing Tatum. Tatum O'Neill got nominated when she was like 10.
0: It, It's it's inherently political. Did she win? Who knows? Did Tatum O'Neill Tatum win? O'Neill won, yeah. Yeah. She won for Paper Moon.
1: Yeah. I so. knew that's what she was nominated for.
0: So, you know, it is what it is. All right, last person I want to talk about who was nominated. hmm Ned Beatty as Arthur Jensen. That scene is so fucking good. The, the, it's one the of my favorite scenes. movie scenes of all time.
1: I'm looking at Ned Beatty. Oh, I like him.
0: Del- I, he had done Deliverance before this, but he's he is he is an easy guy to mistake for Emmett Walsh.
1: He's the voice of
0: Lotso oh, in yeah. Toy Story Three. Yep, Lotso Hugging Bear,
1: evil guy. Okay, I lot like it. He's he's good, and that seems good. I can see, I can understand why they nominated him, and I can understand. I could also see why someone else could have beat him.
0: There is no country There is no politics He It's one of those classic cases where He was on Roseanne Huh?
1: He was on Roseanne I think It looks like he was playing uh, Dan Connors' dad
0: Regardless I think his performance Is one of those classic cases of He got the writing Immediately got it And went with it And just Went for it (laughs) As far as he possibly could. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because I think it's very cynical in that he's literally doing what Howard Beale does on screen Mm -hmm. to Howard Beale's face. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Because he doesn't actually think those things, but Mm -hmm. he knows it's going to get him what he wants. (laughs)
1: Okay. Um,
0: So, yeah. All right. I mean, I think that's it.
1: Hmm.
0: It's it's acting and writing. You're you're writing that not a lot's happening in the movie, not enough to be able to have a full discussion about. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's one of these movies that if you if you saw it at the right time, yes. I think appropriately, it would have just gone insane. But now, you know, they talk about they show this in film school because it. Oh. And I think I think it's a very great movie to show to show people to, to yeah. showcase how writing and acting can makes really sense. dovetail um, but it's interesting that they show this movie and they and they ask kids you know do you see the satire and people are like there's no satire
1: this all happened
0: <laughs> yeah uh, people who aren't familiar with the past and the news um, when they show this to sort of newer film school students are like I don't know what satire this is true mm-hmm. this is how it works <laughs> all right so we get to the final moment. If you're going to give it stars.
1: Okay, but it's your movie, so you go first.
0: I know it's my movie. I'm going to give it three. Okay. Um, first of all, it, it's, it's, it's just like RoboCop for me. You, you, you still got to go see it. You got to okay. go see it, and you got to go see it for the the moments that I think still give me chills. The I'm Mad as Hell still gives me chills, mm-hmm. even though it's kind of hokey. I still think it's awesome um i s it still gives me chills when he's up on the stage and then pass and that's shot where he faints and the audience just starts applauding and the scenes the the boardroom scene all those things um the when the when the dialogue's snappy and working and all comes together um and just how how it it's a roller coaster ride till it ends mm-hmm. it's well worth the watch. It's just not nearly as good as I used to think it was. It doesn't Yeah,
1: I ruined another movie for you.
0: <laughs> it didn't ruin it. It just doesn't hold up as well as it used to. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. And it it's finally aged out of that awe factor that it had. So Yeah. So I you know, I still give it a three and still with that that one qualifier of go watch it. If you've never seen it, go watch it mm-hmm. and just des- and then decide for yourself. <laughs> Okay. All right,
1: you. I'm gonna give it a two point five. Okay. Um, it's. I don't think it's a great movie, and like I, I understand. I agree with its merits. Right. Um. I, I'm not gonna watch this movie again. And, I'm mostly just giving it that because there are some there are some wonderful scenes and there is some wonderful acting. Yeah. So that's kind of why we're at a two point five.
0: Well, that's fine. I mean, that was better than I was thinking we were going to go.
1: It's not RoboCop 1 bad. <laughs> or RoboCop
0: 2015 2. <laughs> Neither so of those worked very
1: well. 2 was bad. I mean, the new one was better. Have we
0: watched a legitimately bad movie yet?
1: RoboCop! <laughs> I gave it a 1. And the only reason it got a 1 was because I liked the idea. <laughs> the idea was good.
0: All right. Well, can we do better next time?
1: Now, well, okay. So next time we're gonna do a special treat for y'all. It, we're gonna do a Thanksgiving movie for you. Um, we will be we will be watching and reviewing planes, trains, and automobiles, and we'll be releasing that on Thanksgiving Day
0: for you. Because.
1: You've never seen it.
0: I've never seen it.
1: It is John Candy and Steve Martin. Two
0: of my favorite comedic people. It's John Hughes. It's John Hughes. It is the one. I think it's the one John Hughes gap. Maybe St. Almost mm-hmm. Fire, but I don't think anybody really counts that one. You
1: haven't seen.
0: <sighs> but I've seen all the rest. I've seen okay. Pretty in Pink. I've seen 16 Candles. I've seen Breakfast Club.
1: Have you seen Uncle Buck? No. <gasps> Damn it. Um, and, and my favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone. Yeah, it's not Christmas until I watched that.
0: Um, and Ferris Bueller, still yeah. maybe my favorite movie, not mm-hmm. the best movie. It's but your favorite. It's your favorite movie. movie. It's it's my feel good movie.
1: But you wouldn't let me name our son Cameron.
0: No, no, because you are Cameron. I am Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I could do I could do the song right now because I have the voice. <laughs> um, okay, so
1: we're gonna be doing that for Christmas, and then. On the day at not Christmas Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, we're gonna be doing a double feature for you. We're gonna make David watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh huh, and then we're gonna watch American Pie Two because we watched the first one and David decided it wasn't horrible. So we're gonna watch the second one <laughs> so, because I think he'll like that one better. I think he'll enjoy that film a little bit. I might get
0: it a little more. Hmm. Um, do they, I do I get two in a row after this? No. Dang it.
1: Because then, okay, because then we're, well, I'm watching the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, that
0: is two movies. Yeah. That is two. Because that's three and a half hours. Well,
1: and then after that, we're gonna do the Sound of
0: Music. Yeah, we're we're going big in the in the last months yeah. of the year.
1: Yeah, we're gonna get all of that. So we're, you're gonna have you can expect that over the next week and a half. We're gonna have a lot of content coming out. But it's fun. We we know that Thanksgiving, you guys are stuck in a car in a plane, train, <laughs>
0: or automobile. Uh huh.
1: And so we just wanted to do give you guys a little extra content. Maybe you're stuck in an office all alone. Um, we just wanted to give you guys something to listen to.
0: Yeah. So before we get out of here, though, mm-hmm. we have to watch another movie.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. We'll see you guys in a minute. Bye. <laughs> So this
1: weekend we saw murder on the orient express
0: 2017
1: oh yes there there was a previous one uh-huh and based on the, not good not well received i don't believe what this the previous one
0: no the previous one is like a classic of cinema is it yes
1: hmm. And
0: directed by your favorite director by the way
1: who's my favorite director cindy Lumet. Really? Oh yeah, nineteen seventy four.
0: Albert Phineas, Hercule Poirot, Lauren Bacall, Ingrid Bergman, Sean Connery, Martin Balsam, Jacqueline Bisset, John Gielgud, Anthony Perkins, Vanessa Redgrave. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This was. Damn. This is like a modern classic. <laughs> All
1: right, well, I never saw it, so.
0: We should watch it.
1: I don't wanna.
0: We're not gonna talk about it.
1: Yeah. Okay, so this one, this one is a great popcorn movie it is entertaining it moves along it's a whodunit and Kenneth Branagh is amazing he plays a
0: cute little can I say one thing negative about it no and I'm, I'm gonna tie this back it's a popcorn movie mm-hmm. which means that when you're done with it and you've sat with it it's done you're not going to think anything of it afterwards
1: you you go to the movie, and you're entertained by what you're seeing, and you're enjoying yourself, and then you leave, and you're like, all right,
0: yeah. we're good. So,
1: there's nothing wrong with that.
0: No. It's kind of interesting how kind of Oscar-baity this movie has gotten.
1: Only, only in how it's being promoted. Yes. It's got an all-star cast. It's being directed by Kenneth Branagh, who he did an amazing job, and he stars in it. That mustache is gonna get an Oscar nomination yes. for sure. That's very true. Um it's it's a beautiful movie. Um so that'll probably get a little bit of buzz. But it's it's there's there's not a single performance that I would say is um award worthy. I could see I could see Kenneth Branagh being nominated if they want some filler in a Golden Globe category. Um but you know we're we're just now starting the oscar movie the oscar bait movies so he'll get knocked down easily
0: well and michelle pfeiffer got some buzz but really more for mother Mm -hmm. which i know has been very very poorly received critically it's been panned but i believe her performance has been Mm -hmm. widely like said like wow she's amazing in this movie she's like the one bright spot Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean eh, that's a different discussion (laughs) Um, um, and then this movie, I, you know, she's good. I don't. Nobody, fine. nobody stands out as being like great.
1: I loved uh, Kenneth Branagh does. Yes. Um, and the way his character is written, um, I don't know ter- a lot about um the character. This is Agatha Christie's main dude. This is you know who was the protagonist of all of her books. Mm-hmm. Um, Most of her books. But I, you know, he was he was the big one. Um. So I, know, I remember the pastry thing, you know, Hercule Pedro has, has a proclivity for pastries, um, but some of the, like, he's, he's kind of OCD. He doesn't like imbalance. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a thing throughout, but it's played for laughs in this film and it, it, it lands very well. He the just the way he cuts people (laughs) in conversation is just hilarious.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what else to say with it. I mean, do you want do you want to do quick hits on the rest of the cast as they show up here? Sure.
1: Sure. Because there are a lot of named people. Oh my gosh. A lot lot of great people. Um.
0: The the main twelve are all the main twelve. Uh, Who's this Lord of the Rings. There's like two. Or, there's like two or three that are kind of unknown, but the okay. ra- but most are pretty big names. Mm-hmm. Penelope Cruz as Pilar Estravados.
1: Uh, her role's relatively small. The nurse. Pla- yeah.
0: Okay. It's very interesting. They they've downplayed her in a lot of ways though.
1: But she has, She she has a small role. Um. Hers is relatively small.
0: Okay, whatever. Willem Dafoe as Gerhard Hardman.
1: I didn't realize he was in this film. So when he showed up on the screen, I was happy. I was like, oh, hi, it's you. I want
0: to be on the A-Squad.
1: But Hans, you're the leader of the
0: B-Squad. <laughs> That's, no. He, Bill Murray doesn't have an accent in that movie.
1: Oh, whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, Judy Dench is Princess Drugomor- Drugomiroff.
1: Uh, she was very weak. I hated her accent. Oh, okay. It was distracting.
0: Well, all right. To me. Got mm-hmm. did you've you've made your point, mm-hmm. and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling <laughs> uh Daisy Ridley is Miss Mary Debenon. oh, you
1: didn't realize who that was in the film,
0: okay, let's be very clear. you should every be single thing she's been in, she's been Ray. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: believe that that's no, true. I know, but like Daisy her...
1: Ridley famous for star wars force awakens she's ray she's our new jedi princess lady um she's awesome and
0: she's she, got very red hair in this movie and i just didn't catch it i just thought it was a generic british actress
1: that's rude and wrong and she just she i'm just sorry grow.
0: all british people look alike to me it's, it's <laughs> <and wrong.
1: laughs> Whatever yeah. you turn to me, you tell me that like couple I was like, "Is it bad that I didn't realize that was Daily Ridley?" and I'm like, "Yes, that's horrible David.
0: Hey, you want to slap me on the next one? Yes, I didn't realize this was Leslie Odom Jr as Dr. Akdehan <laughs> <laughs> not
1: I just threw my couchsh ball at David. Uh, for those of you who've been living under a rock, Leslie Odom Jr. played Mr. Aaron Burr in the Smash musical Hamilton. He originated the role, and he won a Tony for it.
0: Okay, calm down, <laughs> just a little.
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he was also on that movie Smash. Actually, okay, so show. so
0: here's why. Number one, I haven't seen yeah. much of him visually, and number two, he's playing mm-hmm. a British person. I yeah. thought he was a British person because okay. his accent is very good. He did very good. So and
1: and I do kind of like because I don't again I don't remember the first one um, that they wrote his race into the movie. Yes. Um, which I really liked because it allowed for them to have a more diverse cast. I mean, it's still a lot of white people, but yeah, it's I like it. They they worked it in well because it's a it is a period piece.
0: Yeah, uh, Josh Gad is Hector McQueen.
1: I Love Josh Josh Gad. He's good. He's good. He does not look good with that mustache. It's creepy.
0: But he just gets to straight act in this movie. It's yes. really nice. It's refreshing for him. He's
1: another Tony winner for uh, uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah. Oh, he's also the voice of Olaf.
0: Uh, Johnny Depp as Edward Ratchet.
1: It was really nice to see him look sober (laughs) Um, and like himself.
0: He didn't really look sober.
1: He looked like a Johnny Depp sober. (laughs) Meaning one glass of wine a day instead Mm. of 12.
0: Uh, Well... And apparently there's not great stories coming from the red carpet that it went off the rails for him even more. So.
1: No. Uh, He has been praised by Tom and Lorenzo for not looking like like he's trying to be, you know, Steven Tyler.
0: He was also told by almost every magazine that he looked incredibly drunk. And then he gave interviews where he sounded incredibly incoherent. That consistent with him as a person he's got problems man he's broke <laughs> he, mm, it's bad mm-hmm. um this guy's still amazing Derek Jacobi, as Edward, Her- Edward Henry Masterman
1: oh uh, the the ballet yes he's, he was good
0: Edward Jacoby is so wonderfully he's good character. understated Actor. he's fantastic in the things he's in
1: mm-hmm.
0: um Michelle Pfeiffer Pfeiffer that's how I used to always say her name. Because there's Piper. There's a P and an F. Like, come on. Popeyefer. Anyway. She's uh, fine. Carolyn Hubbard. She's trying to make a little comeback here. hmm Something like that. Olivia Coldman Coleman as Hildegard Schmidt.
1: Uh, she's the maid for the Judy Demed character.
0: The, the attendant. Um she's in so many British television shows, like big th- big name British T V shows. Yeah,
1: she's she's a character she's a British character actress.
0: Yes. Um and she's She's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she doesn't have any lines because she's very quiet. So and she plays her part. And that's about it. Now, I also enjoy this little tidbit that um the picture of Poirot's love is Emma a very young Emma Watson. Emma. Or not Emma Watson, Emma Thompson. Emma
1: Thompson who was Kenneth Branagh's first wife.
0: Yes. It's very it's kind of creepy in a way. Um, creepy. Or here's the thing: if she agreed to it, she which I could to. totally see her doing, because had to, and also they're probably fine. Okay, like, here's the
1: thing: I don't know what the terms in which they got divorced were. Yeah, and I have not heard either of them speak about the other in the press ever, because I did not know they were married until I read that piece of trivia on mm. IMDb. Um. I could very well see them being like we're best friends we just don't need to be married to each other then it's fine
0: I'm sure it's that and then I would also I would posit then they this was a a huge way for him to tap into the character and so he's like would you mind if I did this so I can draw Mm -hmm. on it um that strikes me as a big thing for him
1: maybe but he I mean I think he does a wonderful job he's the highlight of the movie Oh, I mean, he is.
0: He's he's the reason to go see it. Everybody else is just serving the whole plot. He does a
1: very good job directing. He, I mean, directing himself. And usually, there are many times where, you know, when an actor does both at the same time, it doesn't always go for very well. The
0: only other person that I think has pulled it off pretty well is Clint Eastwood. The movies he's think, in that Clint he's directed. Eastwood only
1: plays one character.
0: I. You are not correct. I.
1: I think I am. I don't think you are at all. Okay. So,
0: mm, we'll have to... I mean, we're going we're gonna to be watching Good, the Bad, and the Ugly soon. So. I know. <laughs> he didn't direct that, though. No. um
1: it, I'm looking... We'll see, and it's because of that fact that I'm really lo- interested in uh, a disaster artist because James Franco's directing that, and he's the lead, and that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. Though he's done... He's already done some of that. It's just been very small smaller, projects smaller that he's...
1: things. He's also directing his brother and his sister in law.
0: He's directed his brother quite a bit too. Yes, that's <laughs> only helped his brother. He and his brother—I mean, that's just James Franco experimenting with crap. Yeah, they're that's just That's what he does all the time. Well, that movie has all
1: their friends. That we're so excited about the Disaster Artist.
0: That's a movie he was like born to make, honestly. Mm-hmm. All of those guys. Uh, so it, yeah,
1: this, this is a... If you just want to be entertained, you don't want to have feelings, you don't really want to think, go see this one.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, how would you rate it? Give it a three. I'd give it a three, five. Yeah.
0: All the right. mustache
1: is amazing.
0: <laughs> You're giving a half point just for the mustache.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I will. I this I would watch this movie again. If it came on TV, I wouldn't necessarily change the channel. I'm not
0: buying it. Absolutely oh, not.
1: No, no, I won't. Well...
0: No... No, I'm like not paying. Three dollars. No, I'm not buying. It. It needs to be streaming for free for me to watch it again.
1: Okay. Well, I might do that when it settles in on HBO. I'm sure. Of course. All right, guys. <laughs>